Because he makes the playoffs. What do you mean? He's made the playoffs how many straight years? It's not even a, that's not what we're questioning right now. We're saying how far does he make it in the playoffs? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what y'all was talking. Yeah, you right. <laughs> y'all I do that take ownership. You right. But so is you I, know. I did think they were gonna make the playoffs. Everybody. It <laughs> wasn't even like who oh, thought yeah. like you know. It was like LeBron, nah, it's guaranteed. LeBron is LeBron. I, I thought they were gonna make like eight or seven. LeBron's and, just too and, late in his and, career, and they would have to take a team. LeBron's too late in his year to career to take a team. If LeBron had missed those fucking eighteen games, they would probably be the eight for seven C right now. New Nipsey Hustle, check me out. You in trouble? Check me out. Pay us now. Check me out. Pay me double. Check me out. New Nipsey Hustle. Check me out. New Nipsey Hustle. Check me out. New Nipsey Hustle. Check me out. Nigga, fuck it. Check me out. Nigga, fuck it. I came from nothing. Shootouts in public, riding buses, buying benzes, just buying buckets. Knock me off from my grind, that's what they was. My life was ugly. Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, season two, episode 24, Mamba episode. Big Mamba. Big 24. It's like Jason Tatum's becoming the Mamba. I can feel it. Back into episode 24. Final Four episode, um, man, Duke. Too soon. Can we have a moment of silence for Duke? They didn't make it to the Final Four. I'm going to talk over the moment of silence, by the way. They didn't make it to the Final Four. They, uh, you know, some call this season a fail, a bust. I think you have three great freshmen, four great freshmen on your team who uh, showed their... I guess, age and youth at times during the season, especially when Zion went down, you kind of seen when, where the, where the difference maker was, right? Like Cam Reddish kind of fell off on the second half of the season going into the tournament and then had knee problems. Um, Trey Jones never had the consistent offensive game. He was great all season defense and he actually had a great tournament. Uh, and RJ Barrett played his, his, his greatest all season. There were some, some hiccups here and there, but that's game by game basis. On a on a big scale, he was he was who he was, and it was a twenty ten player, you know, as a freshman. So, was Zion going down for those? What was it? Maybe four games. I'm not exactly sure. It was about four or five games. No, I think it was about six. Okay. Um, Duke had trouble, and and they lost two be, uh, two big games. And it kind of just set them back as far as momentum. You know, they were rolling right there in the season. That's when Tennessee then took a lot of momentum going into the tournament. And granted, we know it's two total different teams. The rankings don't matter. Duke did get their um, number one seed after they beat North Carolina that final time. So that brought us to last Saturday, Tom Izzo's Spartans. Man, Mm. Cassius Winston is a problem, right? He's one of those like cool calm collective guys who plays the game at his pace it's slow he's not the super athletic guy but he's definitely i mean in a sense like a mario chalmers right so he's not the super athletic guy but he's definitely gonna sit there and uh get you get you going he's gonna get you going right so you know, their Duke's problem on Saturday was defending Michigan State's, you know, 
counterattack every single possession because there was no time where it was like, all right, you know, we're up, we're up this. We got up to like an eight point lead probably, but that was probably, I would say for like a minute's worth of game. So it wasn't nothing where the whole game, you know, we had a consistent lead. It was back and forth all game. And I guess that's how all these games have been recently in the tournament. That's how tournament basketball is, but they didn't do enough. And uh, RJ Barrett had a chance to tie the game. He missed a free throw. Big free throw. And um, that basically After missing the a shot. Missed a shot, too. Had a chance to redeem himself. Missed a free throw. I just think that all tournament, Zion's been lights out. RJ Barrett, lights out. And they really needed that third component in Cam Reddish, and he just wasn't there. He hasn't been the same since the knee injury. Um, a lot of people uh, were questioning, I guess, you know, if he really – how bad did he really want it? I mean, this is the tournament. Most More than likely, we're going to, you know, get that update any day now that he's going to declare for the draft, um, along with RJ, along with Zion. And not only did he really not – Get it, give it his all, and he wasn't completely. I don't know if he just, if it was mental, if it was physical. Was he, it? Cam, Cam Reddish. Reddish. Yeah, he just wasn't in it. And apart from just the tournament wise, I think Cam Reddish hurt his draft stock a lot with his lack there of of performance. Um, not just in this game, but really um, in this tournament. He definitely hurt his draft stock. Um, but he might be one of those projects <clears throat> with this Duke team. It wasn't um, – I don't know how much coaching uh, he uh, – <clears throat> I don't know how much coaching Coach K really has to do. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So with Reddish going into the league now with um, real training staff, real NBA coaches – they can mold him possibly into like what we saw a glimpse of him being going forward. I get what you mean. And I, I think I think Cam Reddish I think you have to look at his size and the stature for the basketball of, of these days. Like he has the length, he has the height, he has the physical build, he's not scrawny, you know, and uh he that's that that's that three and D guard the wing type of guy who in the NBA, we can see him grow to be one of these Paul George type players. Like Paul George right now is at his best in his career. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, right now it's like we've seen Paul George lose to LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals multiple years. And we thought that was like the best version of Paul George, right? Like before Paul George of that was was even still good, but he wasn't as good as he is now, right? So it's like you have time when you, when you make it to the league. Like these one and done athletes, I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Like for people like Zion or John Morant, like Trey Young, I understand because some people have talent. But I think a guy like Cam Reddish wouldn't hurt himself playing two years of college basketball, especially under Coach K. I agree. Obviously, he's not going to do it because his physical body and and his skill set allows him to declare and make money and and try to develop with a team but i just feel like look at how back in the days players were coming out of college uh junior year senior year the senior days meant something 
Um, and and they come into the league with this maturity and, and like bigger perspective, if you will, on how to approach the game. You know, you come in at 19 years old, look at D'Angelo Russell, perfect example, freshman out of Ohio State. And he was just a popular name. And he, you can tell he was so immature with it that he got drafted to L.A. and it didn't really help his name at all. He didn't deal with the things well at first, and now he moves to Brooklyn. And he's just created this whole culture in Brooklyn, leading his team to the playoffs, it looks like. So years are going to take – it's going to take years for some players. Obviously, we have a Zion Williamson in this draft. Luckily, that we could just go ahead and say, like, all right, first year, what is he going to do? Mm-hmm. And also situations, because we often see players, um, it's not only the location that they're changing, it's the situation, it's their role. Um, so when that changes and they really find the fit of what they're comfortable with playing, what they like to do, then that really makes them better players as well. That's what I feel like we've seen with D'Angelo Russell. His role changed, um, right. the location <laughs> changed as well, <clears throat> but... The whole um, his situation as a whole just became more fitting for him. For sure, for and sure. What he, I feel like what he saw in his career, and way less pressurized too. Like yeah. Magic Johnson's not your boss or bigger boss at the end of the day. You're not trying to go and change this like franchise that is expecting championship culture. And not to say that that's bad because that does build character and some players are built for that, but obviously D'Angelo Russell wasn't. And um, them drafting Lonzo Ball the year after basically showing, you know, what they were thinking. It's like, all right, that feeling of maybe unwanted, it doesn't help. So feeling a fresh mind and um, being able to know that, all right, this team wants me going forward. That might be how Cam was feeling as well. We don't know. Um, the shine wasn't on him. We weren't really talking about him other than, um, like, what's up with him? What's the, uh, will he be the same after this injury? This right. and that. It was nothing but negative. <clears throat> so that might have messed with his mental. Yeah, it could have. But all I know is that Michigan State is not the better team. Duke just lost on Sunday. So getting back to the Final Four. Michigan State's going to have to go to Texas Tech, or not go to Texas Tech, but play Texas Tech. And I haven't watched much of Texas Tech this tournament. I think Justin said he was, right? <clears throat> yeah, I've been watching, Justin's been watching Texas Tech. I've been watching Michigan State, Auburn, and Virginia. What is Texas Tech doing that, brother, in the Final Four? Like, Must be something good. Where did they come from? They play really sound as a team. They're kind of in the same situation with an Auburn. They're kind of like the Cinderella of it all. But even before the tournament started, a lot of people were kind of big on Texas Tech. A lot of people thought they were going to need a lot of upsets. Um, but I don't think anybody had really had them going past maybe the Elite Eight. But they just play really sound basketball. Um, everybody knows their role. They do it exceptionally well. And they play to their strengths, and they really don't, you know, hurt themselves. Like, it's really hard to beat a team that's not going to beat themselves. So when they're firing on all cylinders, and they're forcing you to do things you're not comfortable with, or they're taking you out of your element, and then it's just you have too much negative going against you, and they're really good in crunch time. I think they're really, you know, good in late games. 
So I think I think Michigan State is, is is in a classic game for Tom Izzo where it's you're playing a team that you're supposed to beat technically. It's mm-hmm. going to be a super tough game. Obviously, it's a tournament game. And is your team going to be the more mature, composed team to bring it, you know what I'm saying, home? Because it's one thing to play and it's one thing to be better even on that day. But like finishing, you know what I'm saying, like keeping your head in the game during the game, it's final four, like – this is something that where if you've never been there, it's going to change you for that moment. And it's like some players are built for the moment to where they can withstand it, but few and far between. I don't see Texas Tech having those type of players. Not to say that they're going to be all rattled and distracted from their game, but it's definitely going to be visible to where I see Michigan State kind of having that maturity, upperclassmen, and, and that, just that coaching as I would have with Duke and that young freshman team. You know what I mean? Because I feel like as a, as freshmen all around the board, mainly, they play with composure and they know how to handle situations. They've been playing games that they should win all year that they've had to take losses to, things of that nature. So I think Michigan State comes out with a win and they beat Texas Tech on Saturday. It's the, just the experience. Cassius Winston, what he did at Duke was crazy. Like he, We were stopping him and he was finding his spots. And knocking them down. And if he can basically lead the team and, and organize the offense, it's going to be tough to stop them. They got an athletic team, too. Man, I don't know who I got for that matchup. Um, I like <laughs> – nah, I'm, from what I've seen from Texas Tech highlights and stuff, they are a shooting team. So Yeah, would, three and D. I think they have a yeah, good defense, too. So, yeah, of course. Of course. I, well, not of course, but yeah, I think so as well. Um if they can keep those shots up, then Michigan State, um, they definitely have a problem. You know what I'm saying? That, though, we know how that goes. You live and you die by uh, the three. So, I don't know. Like, I really don't know how I feel about this matchup. But it will be a good game. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to come down. Like a lot of these games have, it's going to come down to the last couple seconds we might see another overtime um i and i think if it does come down to that i think texas tech comes away with this game um i i think that we you know we, t- we talked about it a little bit and we've seen it um like i, said, I didn't watch the whole duke game i had to go back and watch highlights but i feel like duke was more of i mean besides zion and rj it was more of the team just you know kind of beat themselves, and then they ended up falling into, you know, the pressure of Tom Izzo and that Michigan State team. I think Texas Tech will definitely give them a run for their money. I think – I don't know if this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think both teams are going to play real sound basketball. But I just think that overall, I think Texas Tech is going to uh, be a better team. <laughs> yeah. That should be fun. We're going to watch the game probably anyway. But the game before that – Virginia, the one seed. Mm. Auburn, the five seed. Now, Auburn coming into this game with, like, they have this uh, momentum and this confidence, right? They've been playing with, when they beat North Carolina, they blew them out of the gym. They just beat Kentucky. And uh, I think that game went to overtime. Yeah, that game yeah. went to overtime. When Kentucky hit, like, a buzz, like a... Game time. I forgot exactly how it went, but it was some. They should have won the game, Auburn, and they ended up having to go to overtime, but they found a way to win in overtime. 
their point guard. Uh, I don't even remember his name, but he's fast. He's strong. He gets to the bucket. They shoot the ball well. They rebound the ball well, and they have good defense. When they get the ball, they're out on a break fast. And it's going to be up to Virginia to knock the shots down because if we take a step back to Virginia versus Purdue, mm. it's like Carson Edwards almost beat Virginia by himself. <laughs> yeah. And the only way Virginia won was because they were matching those shots with Kyle Guy and uh, Jerome. Which were, they were all bad shots. They were, yeah, they were like feeling the shots. Yeah. So, so the fact that they were hitting them exactly. was keeping them in the game. And Carson Edwards was coming down court, finding a spot, putting a crossover move, Literally and shooting one the ball. More, one more of those shots away from tying the game. And they didn't even put a shot up on the last possession. Yeah. They had a turnover. It's crazy. So my point being that Auburn, or excuse me, Virginia, has to come to this game with the ability to knock down shots and play tough defense. Because if they're not going to be fast as Auburn, because they're not as fast as Auburn, but if they don't keep up with Auburn's speed, it's going to be a problem in transition. And if Auburn's knocking down threes and Bryce Brown can get into that groove that he's found, it's going to be very, very tough. But it will be interesting to see for me if Virginia can go to the national championship, beat Auburn, and then win the national championship because – Last year, they got eliminated by the 16th seed. So, it's like last year, they win no games. This year, they go and win a championship. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's a lot on the line for them. Um, ultimately, I think Virginia is going to win the game because I think Auburn is is not it's that not built for that type of mentality. Like, Virginia has been here. Virginia knows this, this Virginia team is a good, mature team. And that coach, too, uh, I forget his name, but he knows what he's doing. So I like Virginia in this game, in a close game. It's going to be close all game, and it's going to come down to the last couple possessions. Justin, what you got? I have Virginia as well. I think Virginia's definitely my pick to win it all. Um, I just think this is kind of the situation where we were last year with Loyola. And with Albert being Loyola, like they just <laughs> yeah, kept they just kept finding dry. yeah they just kept finding ways to win, but but eventually they came down to the final four, and when I think when you're down to the final four, you, all the upsets are like out out the door. Like, Although yeah. I will say with Loyola, they were finding ways to win. I feel like Auburn has been in all of their games, and they've had leads in their game. You know, like they 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 meant to be here right now. And they deserve the spot. And they can beat Virginia. Like, I do think they can beat Virginia. And I'm not going to be surprised if they do. I just think when it comes down to it, Virginia's going to have the more mature game. Like in the sense of Michigan State. It comes down to that. And these, these, you know, upset alert teams don't necessarily always have that. Right. No, nothing to take away from Auburn. They've they've played exceptional. Especially, you know, their win against uh, North Carolina was very dominant. They went against Kentucky, showed resilience. and what, what That's is, a number one and a number two seed. Yeah, way to stick in there. Um, but I do think, like I said, I have Virginia being the best team that's left. I think Virginia's definitely going to win it all. And I just think that Virginia, in a sense, like how we say about the Warriors a lot, they play up to the level of their competition. I think mm-hmm. Virginia will play up to the level of Auburn. And whatever, like how we said, how they had to play up to the level of Purdue – 
And whenever Purdue hit a shot or Carson Edwards hit a shot, they went right back at it. And I think Virginia's going to do the same thing. I don't think it's going to be as close. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think this game's going to be uh, one of the closer ones we've seen. I don't know if it's going to come down to the wire. I think in the second half, within the last, I would say, seven you know, seven minutes, seven, five to seven minutes, that Virginia will start pulling away. Um, really? But, yeah, I, I think I we're going like, to see yeah, Virginia and Texas Tech. Yeah, Virginia, um, they have more production. They have guys that are uh, you can count on. They have more consistent players, and they just have a more consistent offense. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they do keep up with their competition, and I don't think they'll even have to keep up with Auburn. I feel like Auburn would have to keep up with them, which, yeah, I just... I don't know. Auburn would have to play really good ball to make it happen. Like you said, I do see. Um, like if it if it happens, I wouldn't be the most surprised. But I do see Virginia taking it. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think it's gonna be two good games. That's that's what I'll leave it as. You know, I don't I don't know how much because what we've gotten from this tournament so far. It can't be anything less than exciting. No, yeah, this exactly. is this no is, room. This has definitely been one of the best overall tournaments I've watched in a while. These exactly. two, these two teams are, are, are yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. That's why I'm just yeah. more like, yeah, I can't wait till Saturday, and then Monday we get to see who's who's going to win that championship. So we'll leave it at that. So Russell Wilson decided to inform the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. that by April 15th, he wants a contract extension. Now, he is coming up on the last year of his contract and basically told him, hey, by the 15th, like we need we need to work something out. So, Or else he's coming to the Giants. It has led to a lot of talk. We've heard... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of the things we've heard, not necessarily the Giants, but we've heard... Let's say they don't, you know, take him up and want to give him an extension. Do they go the route of just keep believing in pretty much their philosophy of sound and defensive play, run game, and then just insert quarterback here? Um, there is some quarterbacks in this draft that they could take. If that's the route they go, I don't believe that's the route that they should go. Russell Wilson is a top quarterback in this league. They only go as far as he takes them. He's had to work through exactly. losing all, losing the Legion of Boom. He said, uh, uh, losing Marshawn Lynch, losing an offensive line. He even, no they even took Jermaine Curse from him. Yeah, so that's why. That's why I don't think that the Seahawks can not pay him. It's tricky because I mean that's a lot of money they're going to have to sign him. Right, whoever signs Russell Wilson to this next contract is going to be. In a, in a bit of a hole, right? Yeah, they said that assuming that this deal gets done, Russell Wilson would most likely be the highest paid player in the league. So we're talking past Aaron Rodgers numbers, right? Now, the Seahawks, think about it this way, though. The Seahawks can make the playoffs if they sign him, right? They, they're still a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. Now, championship contender, they, they might be a, a few free agent moves away, maybe a draft pick and a free agent move away, from actually being an NFC championship contender. It's not like they went out and um, 
you know, lost the division and, and didn't make the playoffs and couldn't make a run. They actually had a good run to the playoffs and they just got dominated on the ground, right? In a game that they still could have won. Right. Now, they go and not sign and then try to draft. They're basically going to have to try to find another Russell Wilson because how did they find him? Like, we didn't know what he was going to be, right? We, we knew how good he was in college, but we didn't know what he was going to do in the league. And he came in the league and he won them two Super Bowls. Or one Super Bowl, excuse me. Uh, uh, oh, man. I, been the two. Should have been. It two. bothers me that I can't Should've, say. It's just it bothers me that I can't say that he won them two Super Bowls. But anyways, he been <laughs> he took them to one Super Bowl and one yard away from another Super Bowl. Right. And then uh, you know you're not gonna find another quarterback in this draft after Kyler Murray, of course. To Who was probably to, the closest to thing board. to Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like you said, you know, it's the Matt Flynn deal. Like, they, they, they didn't want to pay him, so they went and drafted Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they actually did pay him. I think they paid him about, there was $25 million roughly, drafted Russell Wilson. Matt Flynn was said to be the starter. Russell Wilson showed out preseason. They ended up starting Russell Wilson, started regular season, and dealing off Matt Flynn. The thing with me is, Seattle... I think Seattle's probably top five in drafting talent in, in, in the NFL right now. They drafted Earl Thomas. They drafted Russell Wilson. Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor. Richard Sherman. They, they've drafted a lot of marquee key pieces that have been, I mean, just staples, really. Um, so, But when it comes to the quarterback – you really don't want to take that gamble. It's very hard, not just to find a talent like you have Russell Wilson. It's hard to find a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I would know. This is a Hall yeah. of Fame quarterback. Oh, so yeah. we're not even talking about franchise quarterback. We're not even talking about, like, a great player. Like, this dude is hes going down as a legend. He's changed the quarterback position. MVP candidate every year. Almost won it the last two years. Deservingly so. So... I don't know. I mean, it, Seattle is in a tricky position, as we said, because it is going to be a hefty price to pay for them. And it's going to be hard to go out and make that other free agent signing. Or it's going to be hard to, you know, if you do even, like, how far is your draft pick going to be? Because you're going to be stuck in that, okay, we still have a good, uh, a late draft pick, you know what I mean? So it's not going to be that marquee player unless you trade Russell Wilson. Well, I mean, for, that, for what you want. Richard Sherman was in the first round draft pick. Russell Wilson was a first-round draft pick. That's true. I don't believe Cam Chancellor was a first-round draft pick. I just think you stick to your guns. You have a franchise MVP, future Hall of Famer quarterback. You have the most important piece. They have. They don't have a Pro Bowl running back. They have running back by committee, yeah. and they led the league. They were the number one rushing team in the league. They do need some more pieces on that defense to get sound. I do believe that they need to get Russell Wilson another weapon. They need an offensive line, too. Like, they need better. I know to to say they need more run-blocking offensive linemen sounds weird. They led the league in rushing. But, one, there's never a problem with having more, especially with depth. Because look at how in the playoffs they lost by the rush game and they also couldn't run up to par. And that was also due to the fact that they were one-dimensional. All you really have is Doug Baldwin. I think that they need to get him another receiver, mm-hmm. whether it be tight end, 
you know, or whatever. Yeah, think about it. They, they've always had weapons, as in weapons like Tyler Lockett. They've had weapons in Jer- uh, Jimmy Graham. They've had weapons in Golden Tate. Uh, Golden Tate. Yeah, they had Jermaine Curse. So it was like they had a, a majority, and that other Luke Wilson, the tight end Luke Wilson. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of different pieces for Russell Wilson to go to, and, and now it's kind of slim. Des Bryant? Hmm. I don't think you go that route. Nah, you don't go that cheap, route. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Draft, draft, draft. DK Metcalf? DK, I was about to say, draft a DK Metcalf. They can draft. Ooh, see what would be fun would be like a Marquise Brown, Russell Wilson, or like a even like a AJ AJ Brown. And that's the thing with Russell Wilson. Like you don't need to get like a lot of quarterbacks. You say they need this type of receiver, they need this type of weapon. You just need to give him really a playmaker. You don't have to give him one. You don't have to give him like a six foot three go up and get a receiver. You don't have to get him. Uh, shifty route runner, slot receiver. Like he's he needs somebody shown, to go and catch the ball. Yeah, he just needs somebody who you're gonna catch the ball. He would find ways to get you the ball. We've seen it many times with Jermaine Curtis. We've seen it a thousand times with Doug Baldwin. I mean, I honestly believe. Don't get me wrong. I think Doug Baldwin's an exceptional receiver, but there's no really Doug Baldwin without a Russell Wilson. I believe you put Doug Baldwin on another team without a top ten quarterback, you're not getting the same production from Doug Baldwin. Russell Wilson finds hey bro, I don't so know. many I don't ways know, to get man. Doug Baldwin. I don't know. We got to look at, like, release from the line of scrimmage. Doug Baldwin is like Allen Iverson, bro. Like, That's it's an island. Wrong. But the separation that he creates for Russell Wilson to be able to throw the ball to him. Yes, Russell Wilson's creating his own space, but Doug Baldwin's special, bro. Like, his route running ability and his release off the line and his hands and catch ability. Like, he's made plays for Russell Wilson that Russell Wilson, you know, Made the play because it's like, oh, this wouldn't be possible without me. But, yeah, if it was somebody else, nobody getting that ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, Doug Baldwin, Tony Totap, too. You know what I'm saying? So, I got a lot of respect for him. I think he still would be a really great receiver with not – okay, not a top ten quarterback. I get it because we're not going to get that all the time. Like, how many receivers – how many how many great receivers play with not top ten quarterbacks in the league at the time? Bunch. Yeah, there's actually a lot. Let me get some. AJ Green. But he's had Calvin great Johnson. seasons. That Andy Dalton has had good regular seasons. Calvin Johnson. His stat because Calvin Johnson. Oh, come on. Andre Johnson. Come on. Andre Johnson. Matthew uh, Stafford's a gunslinger. Andre Johnson. Okay, a great Le- legend. Larry right Fitzgerald. There. Larry Fitzgerald had Kurt Warner for some time. Uh, Let's Mike get that Evans. right. But not but how long is right, he? Right, right, okay. Mike mm-hmm. Evans. Can I say Odell? Yeah. Mike Evans. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't I can know. say Jarvis Landry. Odell. See, how can you say Odell, but you're going to let him talk about Eli like that? Like, I, like Eli can't throw the ball for the sake of the argument? Like, when Odell no, came in the league, Eli wasn't the throwing the ball for his years? You're talking potential of the receiver compared to the quarterback throwing at him. No, I'm talking about a receiver being, being great without a top 10 quarterback. And it's just like we're not gonna say Eli. Like well, well, yeah. Odell, While Odell was shining. Yeah, Eli, Eli was, was not a top ten quarterback. But he was still, he was still. You okay, said, okay. You just said he was not a top ten quarterback. I get what you're saying. So wait, wait, wait. In 2014, <laughs> Eli Manning wasn't a top ten quarterback. Yeah, he was. 2015, he wasn't. He was, and he made. So that's um, when Odell was shining. Uh, Mario Manningham looked like a top ten receiver. 
Okay, he no, made, let's not go that far. He made Steve Smith, um, the not Steve Smith from the Panthers. <laughs> Look like a good that. slot receiver. Exactly. I get it. Hakeem Nix. Hakeem Nix. You know what I'm Andrew saying? Andrew Luck helped him too. So, so but yeah, we're going. Bro. No, no, no. Like Eli was a top ten. So that's South. okay. So that's what I'm saying. In the years Odell, but not shining in his year. But not bro, I just asked. 2014, 2015. You don't think Eli? Damn, I would like to know ten. I mean, it's, I'm not saying I'm wrong. But, uh, I'm, I'm right, but I mean, ten this, quarterbacks this, this, over Odell's Eli. Going, Odell going to his what? His fourth year. Yeah. Like, would you put Andy Dalton in the top 10 over Eli in 2014? In 2014. Regardless, because A.J. Green is is in that conversation. Eli also had Jake DeCruz at that time. Exactly. So, no, yeah, he was in the top 10 at that time. And Odell reflected that, though. Right. As as a receiver would. Yeah, so... But that's probably the last. That's probably the last year that he was like. Yeah. I think if Doug no, Baldwin no, played no, with yeah. Eli Manning, or what was the other quarterback we just mentioned? Um, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. He would still. He would still ball out. You, you mean this year or like all, these years, like all these years? All these years. Hey, Doug I Baldwin. Teaches him. Baller, bro. And that's what I'm saying. I, I take nothing away from Doug yeah. Baldwin. I think, I, like I said, I think he's exceptional, and I understand all the points you made. He's, you know, very exceptional route runner, very fast, very quick off the line of scrimmage. But and a lot of heart, play, and he plays with passion. But if you just see game. like how him and Russell Wilson play, it's like peanut for butter. For sure, for sure, for sure. So, but a lot of receivers get like that with their quarterback as well too, like a T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck. Like, <clears throat> if T.Y. Hilton wasn't on the Colts, I'd still think he'd be a really great receiver. Well, yeah, but look how many years he played without Andrew Luck, and he was still top. And honestly, top. is T.Y. Hilton top. Well, yeah. better? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. But they still played a lot of games, huh? Isn't T.Y. Hilton way better than Doug Baldwin? Like, um, you can't really make that comparison. I wouldn't say way I wouldn't better, say but way he's definitely better, a step no. up. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say he's way better. He's like, a, he's like a tier up. I mean, he got a Super Bowl. Doug Baldwin got a T.Y. would fit on most teams. Whereas Doug Baldwin should yeah. as well. Why wouldn't Doug Baldwin fit on another team? He's a great route runner. He plays like a Steve Smith, just not as physical. I mean, don't get me wrong. He can catch the ball, but there's been so many times where Russell Wilson just puts it like pinpoint where the ball needs to be. Oh, of course, yeah. But I mean, there's been there's very there's, there's sometimes there's, you know there's a few times where he has to go get it, but most of the time it's like right there. But then it's, all you have to then, do is catch it. Like I said, I'm not taking anything away from Doug Baldwin. I'm just speaking to the Drew fact. Look at and Michael Thomas. I'm just speaking to the fact. Of Look at uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. Look at, um, I'm trying to think of. No, that's team. what I'm saying. Yeah, them as a pair. That's what I'm saying. Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin as a cohesive pair. Yeah, they're phenomenal. But you take one away from the other, Russell Wilson's still going to do his thing. Doug Baldwin probably will just to a lesser extent. Definitely to a lesser extent. Then you also have to look at what but the other But do you think that receiver's making those plays for Wilson too, as Doug Baldwin is, if he doesn't have that type of receiver? So you're saying Russell Wilson could go to the Miami Dolphins next year and ball out? Yeah. Yeah. And receivers are going to be looking like Doug Baldwin? Yeah. Yeah, at least one of them. Who y'all got? Albert Wilson would be the guy. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think he plays up or to Doug Baldwin. Kenny Stills would definitely look like a But, yeah, definitely more Albert Wilson. I, I feel you. Yeah, definitely more Albert Wilson. I can see I that. think that's wishful thinking. 
That's that's speaking to Russell Wilson. And then it also, who's Russell Wilson going, like, who's he comfortable using? You feel me? Like, he's always been comfortable using that little Running back. (laughs) Running back. Running back. Marshawn Lynch. That's what's what's also helped him his whole career. He's had a run game. You feel me? There was times after Marshawn left. They they, they kept trying to find They they weren't good. They weren't good. That's my point. So it's like he leans on that run game to be successful. They weren't so good, the but system. Russell Wilson's never had a season where he's, he's yeah. He's not, but he also he also deals with offensive line problems with sacks. He was one of the top sack quarterbacks in the last three years. Um, yeah, but still, he's never. I don't think he's ever had a season where he's lost more than nine games. Okay, but that's a horrible year losing nine games. Like, what good quarterback goes that's, losing nine games? That's still over what good quarterback loses nine games. It doesn't happen. If you're going to call yourself a good quarterback, you don't lose more than nine games. No, I'm sorry. Never lost more. Never lost more than seven games. That's what I meant to say. Okay. Like, he's never that's had a, he's never had more a, fair, but. Yeah, yeah, he's never had a season where he's had under nine wins. That's what I meant to say. I feel that. But are you a great, are you really a good quarterback if you get nine, say, eight wins, seven wins? Like, who? Aaron Rodgers. Was he you've never gone, that good of a quarterback You've never gone at the time? under nine wins in a season? Yeah, you're pretty good if you've never no, gone I'm under saying. 500. What good quarterback like would go under? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it happens though. If you if you do if it happens, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Matt Ryan has. It happens. Okay, so then that speaks to his defense. (laughs) I'm just hating on the man. I'm just no. Go ahead. No, no, no. I I respect Russell Wilson. I think he's great. It was just the the argument of the Doug Baldwin thing that was. A little bit. I mean, look, man, we can talk about this till April 15th, man, because Russell Wilson is about to either sign a contract by then or just like, yo, I'm Anthony Davis. April 15th, they could call up Miami. We'll give him the bag. <laughs> Gio's in the background shaking his head. Those are the Finn hopefuls. So, but that is episode 24. We can end that one there. Wait, wait, wait. What you want to talk about? The one what we were talking about earlier. What's that? The headline. Um, oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, what was it? Episode 24, season two. Follow us on Instagram, official ATS pod, Twitter, ATS pod, twitch.com slash ATS pod. Thank you for listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was riding out in the V12 with the racks in the middle. I was riding around in the V12 with the racks in the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was riding around in the V12 with the racks in the middle. Had a friend almighty God, they let my dog out the kennel. When you get it straight up by the mud, you can't imagine this shit. I've been pulling up in the drop tops with the baddest bitches. Young nigga been focused on my check. Mm-hmm. Got a new coupe wrapped around my neck. Trying to put the water on my potato. I got killers to the left of me. Mm-hmm. Where's lurking on her? Ain't show no mercy on her. We just going back to back. We put a curfew on her. It was dark clouds on us, but that was perfect for us. We know you always crash and burn, but it was working for us. Let me tip the V12. Double check the details. Gotta cross my T's and dot my eyes or I can't sleep well. Millions off of retail. Once again, I prevail. Knew that shit was over from the day I dropped my pre-sale. Hold up, let the beat build. See me in the street still. 
I've been fighting battles up a steep hill. They gave my road dog 12, it was a sweet deal. And I've been riding solo trying to rebuild. Look. I was riding around in the V12 with the rags in the middle. Had to pray to Almighty God, they let my dog out the kennel. When you get it straight up by the mud, you can't imagine this shit. I've been pulling up in the drop tops with the baddest bitches. Young nigga been focused on my check. Mm -hmm. Got a new coupe wrapped around my neck. Mm -hmm. Trying to put the water on my potato. Mm -hmm. I got killers to the left of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look, under no condition, would you ever catch me slipping? Motorcade shooters plus the Maybach chauffeur driven. If they catch me with it, don't send me off to prison. Judge ain't sympathizing, court don't show forgiveness Engine in the Lambo, drowning out the music Sip Dior with the flowers, five gold Cubans Champagne while I shop, hope I splurge foolish Closing escrow twice this month, both commercial units Damn, I wish my nigga fast was here How you died 30-something after banging all them years Grammy nominated, in the sign of shedding tears All this money, power, fame, and I can't make you reappear But I'll wipe him though We just embrace the only life we know If it was me, I'd tell you, nigga, live your life and grow I'd tell you, finish where we started, reach them heights, you know And gas the V12 till the pipe and smoke I was riding around in the V12 with the rags in the middle Had to pray to Almighty God, they let my dog out the kennel When you get it straight up by the mud, you can't imagine this shit I've been pulling up in the drop tops with the baddest bitches Young nigga been focused on my check, mm-hmm Got a new coupe wrapped around my neck, mm-hmm Trying to put the water on my potato. Mm -hmm. I got killers to the left of me. Mm -hmm. Another million dollar bill, that's just some regular shit. See my granny on the jet, some shit I never forget. Next day we flew to Vegas with my Puma Connects. We break bread, we ain't new to success. Blade music and best. Enterprise, take lucrative steps. Cold game, but I knew it was chess. That's a youth in the set. Learn the game, you a student at best. But it's a couple things you can expect. Look. Just like money, no money, nigga shooters respect Other shooters, we was both throwing my crew on your neck I'm on the freeway in the drop, it got me losing my breath I do the dash with the blues on the deck